welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome to Second Contact. My name is Charlene Schmidt, and with me as always is... Tristan Riddell. Tristan Riddell. It is the last episode of Star Trek Lower Decks. We're going to take care of that today. But, holy crap. We have got to talk about the news that came out just about 10 minutes before we hit the record button. And this is very pertinent to you and I because of our love for Voyager. And that is Star Trek Prodigy. And who's going to be leading that? Our beloved Captain Catherine Janeway is coming back to (sighs) the next animated show within the Star Trek realm, and it's called Star Trek Prodigy, and it's a kid's show. It's purely a kid's show. It's not animated like uh, like Lower Decks. It's not going to have an adult spin on it. There's not going to be any adult humor. I'm guessing it's going to kind of be in the same vein as like you know, Star Wars Rebels or Clone Wars. I don't know if it's going to be CGI or not. I don't know if it's going to be 2D animated or 3D animated. That news might be out there, but I, I'm not completely aware of it right now. But <laughs> it's going to be focused on kids, and Jane, like Kate Mulgrew is coming back as Janeway. I yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm my brain is on overload right now. I woke up, I watched Lower Decks, I worked out, showered, the news came out, and then with all the plans to record, here we are, and I'm just whoa. <laughs> okay, we, we need to slow down for a second. <laughs> like, and they released the f- the first couple of minutes from for Discovery. Like, they released that that clip. Yes, I totally forgot that they were doing panels for New York Comic Con online today, and so just oh my gosh! And of course, all my text messages, my Twitter mentions, everything is blowing up, and I'm gonna be spending all day probably trying to wade through it all. And this is just so raw and new, and I'm so excited. I mean, ah. <laughs> I was excited for Lower Decks. That would have been enough. I know, right? Like, when when I watched Lower Decks today, I thought that was going to be it. Like, you just watch the season <laughs> finale of Lower Decks, and then we'd podcast about it, and that's it. I was completely unaware of the, the virtual New York Comic Con for uh, Star Trek, and I had no idea that they were going to release uh, new clips of Discovery or announce stuff for Prodigy or, like, any of that. I had no idea that was going on. So this has been a, a huge Star Trek day. Oh my gosh, yes. I didn't even think about Star Trek Prodigy. That's always been kind of a backburner project up until Mm -hmm. today. I knew they were doing disco. I knew some lower deck stuff was happening, but oh, I can't wait. I'm truly excited. I am too. But since this is a a Star Trek lower decks commentary podcast, how about we get that commentary going? Because this is a doozy. Oh, Oh my God. Yes. Can you sum this thing up in five words or less? I'm putting you on the spot, but can you do it? Five words. Let's count them. Okay. Holy crap. That was cool. <laughs> Very good. Mine is, whoa, they went there. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. This, yeah. And also, I, I made a joke about this on Twitter, but there's so many Easter eggs in this episode. I felt like I needed to like export every single frame as a JPEG in order to calculate all of them. There's no way that we'll be able to to tag all of them as we go, but we're going to try no our way. best. We will sure try. There is so much to talk about here. So yeah, let's get into Lower Decks mode because this is the last episode of the season. And so part of me is really sad about this because doing this show with you has been so much fun. Watching mm-hmm. this show has been the highlight of my year. It is going to be 
the gift that keeps on giving. Seriously, I'm just going to keep watching it and watching it and watching it because I just, I love it so much. This is the kind of Trek I didn't even realize how much I would love. Yeah, and I, I honestly cannot wait until next season. So, all right, folks, here we go. Let's do it. As Let's cue it up. As per usual, what we do is we cue it up after the CBS All Access logo. Again, that's after the CBS All Access logo. So if you're watching on an on your browser, Apple TV, on your phone, or Xbox, or however you're watching it, cue it up, hit pause after you see the logo, and then we'll go three, two, one, play, and we'll be synced up. Char, are you ready? I think so. Are you? All right. I, I'm... I'm Born ready. All right, here we go. Okay, let's Three, go. Three, two, one, play. All right, off we go Beta three. here. Beta 3. We need like an Earth 2, an Earth 3, an Earth 4. Like, why don't we have any of those? Like, why aren't we called Earth Prime? <laughs> I don't know. Also, original animated series. Original animated series right there on the pad. Yes. How about that? That's super cool. And we're doing a massive callback to the original series right here with Landru. Yes. And this kind of sets up the theme of the episode about how Starfleet goes in, intervenes, and thinks they make everybody better, and then gets the F out and then they don't do any checkup. And that's literally the Cerritos' job is for second contact to go in and check things up. Now, granted, I think this is probably a new initiative because these guys have been like, haven't been in contact for hundreds of years. And I love that Mariner (laughs) talks about how, Oh, I mean, like we can't just guess that they're not going to go back to killing each other a generation from now. Yes. I thought this was set up so beautifully too, because it's starting off, with this one thing, but it, you're right. It does become the theme of the episode where it comes back to haunt them in the worst possible way. I love it so much. And I love that they're addressing this because this is something that Starfleet has done. They have not been checking up on these guys. And so, wait a minute, what? You you just, you meet them and then off you go? Or you do the second contact thing. And the way I've always interpreted that, at least for the life of this show, was they kind of wrap up the loose ends after first contact. I thought that's what the Cerritos did. I feel like mm-hmm. it has its new mission, though, now, where they realize how dangerous this is to leave these folks behind to themselves. They got to be checking up on them. That is what the California-class vessels should be doing from here on out if they weren't before. Right. I am such a sucker for merchandise and commercials and everything like that. Like if I see a Burger King mm. commercial, I'm like, oh my God, I need a burger like right now. Seeing these crayons with the Delta Shield on it, like <laughs> I, I need these crayons. I need all of these art supplies <laughs> with the Delta Shield on it. I, it just, I, I'm such a... Uh, Are you listening, so StarTrek.com? Tristan is willing to <laughs> give his money. Hello, take it. So this is this is an an interesting bit that I don't think we've actually seen before in Star Trek where um someone doesn't notice that their comm badge is going off and oh, the other end yeah. can hear. I mean, that that's a little weird, right? Because I know it's a it, it's not consistent in Star Trek because sometimes in Star Trek you'll see people will have to tap their comm badge and say Riker here and then they right. go and other times they don't tap it and they just say Riker here and then it goes. I always thought that meant oh, it could be tap activated or voice activated this this shouldn't happen right like so that you could just easily (laughs) eavesdrop on people or you think just how many times that would have been beneficial if they had so like yeah did they force the channel open because she wasn't responding that's not explained we've got to let that slide but you make a very good point 
yeah it's i mean obviously it sets up the plot and fine whatever it, it, it i'm not gonna like <laughs> i'm <laughs> sure. not gonna it's not gonna ruin the episode for me exactly it's like in the last episode where freeman beams mariner up but it's she's tapping her combat and saying one to beam up yeah yeah, yeah right right it's those little things also there's there's a conversation going on um started by heather and for those of you on Star Trek Twitter know who I'm talking about. She was talking about canon, about how canon conversations have become toxic. And it's mm. usually where people just use canon as an excuse to bash on something that they don't like. And and she was asking people, like, what do you think about canon conversations? And I've been really enjoying the, the, the conversation and, and seeing people's different um, responses to it. My main response is that I love talking about canon. I love talking about continuity. I love talking about inconsistencies. And I love doing it as long as the person is not dismissive on the other side. I know it has uh-huh. been used a lot to for people to just hate on stuff. But I hate what I hate is being lumped into that category because I want to talk about that stuff. I want to talk about the the combat working in a different way and not somebody say like, oh, well, you know, like, why do you hate Star Trek? It's not like it's ruining the episode. You're like, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying it's something to talk about. Sure. I think it's okay to point out inconsistencies. It's just going to naturally happen no matter how thorough somebody is. Now, I had to look up the Solvang. That is a legit city in the state of California. It is off the 101 between Santa Barbara and Santa Maria, if that puts it into any context for you. It's this little town of about 5,000 people, and the name means Sunny Field. I didn't uh, know we have seen this captain before. I didn't notice this before, but everybody has their boots off, except for that one guy that yes. she yelled to take off her shoes. This captain is my mother. You take your shoes <laughs> off at the door, okay? She's brand new. They were all lined up on the side of the bridge. I didn't <laughs> notice that before. That's so funny. I love it so much. And all it takes is one battle here to ruin the bejesus out of it. And here's the thing. Is that like, this was boom. Uh-huh. Like this, I think this was the first time in Star Trek where we get a scene after the credits, but before the title card. Ooh, I think you're right. And also, it, like with that, with with that um, ship being destroyed and everyone killed, I was like, "Oh, this! Oh, this is gonna be different, right?" Oh, me too. It's like, "Oh, okay." That's that first of, "Oh, they're going there." Okay, yeah, this we're is not, gonna be a little not, harsh. All right. Yeah, we're not screwing around here. Sexy no. mode. <laughs> yes, I enjoy Rutherford going through these different modes. We've got Klingon, British. There were a few mm-hmm. others. Someone needs to pause it and like go through all of them. Oh, I'm sure somebody already has. And here we go, an exocomp. I was so freaking excited for this exocomp storyline. And this storyline went in very many different directions that I did not think they were going to go in. And so it really (laughs) kept me guessing each time. Certainly the twist at the end, I was not expecting it. I'll say that for right now. See, again, I want that mug. I I want it. It has the Delta cheese on it. I want it. (laughs) I hate that I want it. Well, but if they put it out there, you're going to get it, right? Uh, I've been good with my self-control lately. Hmm. All it takes for me is a discount code, and I'm there. Oh, if you give me free shipping and a discount code? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Free shipping is always good. But I don't want to pay 30 bucks for a t-shirt. Come on, guys. Come on, StarTrek.com. I'm not paying 30 bucks for a t-shirt. Also, this is also this this episode got a, it leaned a little bit harder into the sexual innuendo. Was that uh, an, an intentional joke you just made? 
uh, it wasn't actually until I said it out loud. I was like, oh, crap, I should have said no pun intended. But you get what I'm saying. Like, there was a couple of times when you're like, oh, hey, this is a little. Like, mm. Yeah, I mean, the, the, they were kind of going there. Wolf 359 was an inside job. I can't believe there's conspiracy theorists in the 24th century. Oh, really, guys? This is beautiful. We have a truther. We have a Wolf 359 Ugh, truther. Gross. The Dominion War didn't happen. Changelings aren't real. I am so <laughs> sick of conspiracy theories in 2020. I can't. It used to be fun. All right. So your favorite doc here is yes. getting, a little, uh, getting a little frisky here. She Well, she wants connection. to get frisky with shacks. <laughs> Do you ship them? Bajoran beefsteak with her coital claws. Is that what she said? Uh-huh. Again, going a little, little further, little further. Yeah. Mm. That's something I don't want to picture, and I'm never going to Google that. <laughs> is that fan art you don't need to see? Oh God, that is. Yeah, that's that's the fan <laughs> art that I stay away from. That's I. Oh, uh, don't share that on Twitter. Oh. <laughs> so hand pies. I really want to know what hand pies are. You've never had a hand pie? They're a big thing in L.A. So this is kind of it's another a real California thing? thing. Oh, yes. I didn't know that was a real thing. Because didn't he say yeah. like it was like key lime or something? Well, and the thing is, is you can do sweet or savory. The whole idea is it's like a portable food. So while you're on the go, while you're walking around a hand pie, you know, you've got it in the wrapper and you can eat it as you go. You know, every food is portable if you're smart enough. <laughs> oh, I, I kind of begged a different lasagna. <laughs> oh, I've done it. I have done it. Of course you have. So there, this is a paper. Like, it's kind of like a translucent, flimsy thing. It, it's not a pad. No, it's not. It is it's, paper. I, it's interesting. Like, or whatever their substitute to paper is. This is... Yeah. I, I want to know what that is. I, what is it? And what's the purpose of it? Why wouldn't you want a pad? Is it a really thin, maybe, I don't know, translucent Etch-A-Sketch or something where it just it pops up? It's... I don't know, man. Yeah. What do you think about Mariner's more refined look? Yeah, I was gonna say this transformation is crazy. Like just with the with the hair and the and the sleeves down. I can see now why they were waiting for the sleeves to come down. They were like, no, 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 no. Like we're gonna <laughs> use it. We're gonna use it wisely. I appreciate that. Every little mm -hmm. detail on this show means something. I, I appreciate that when a show does that. I have to also appreciate how this exocomp is doing all like analyzing all this data to have a more quote normal and more I guess human or at least organic being name and comes up with freaking peanut hamper. Come on, that's that's. I beautiful. feel like they should have thrown in one non-English word. Like oh, you think? It, it should have been yeah. It should like and I mean like uh, because we know like oh it, it just means that it could be translated. Like I guess that's what we could say. Like maybe it's just being translated, so we don't sure. know what peanut hamper she's actually saying. Like hmm. she could be, she could be speaking like the Romulan word for peanut and the Klingon word for hamper, you know, something like that. Of course, the universal translator is going to take care of that. So what if she did and we just don't know? Well, that's what I'm saying. Oh, and Ransom, waits. I love how he has to be weightlifting to think. So I love that we have the old style um, uh, shuttlecraft here. Oh, look, they painted, they painted themselves on the door. They I did never this equip. Before. Yeah. No, they, like they have little stick figures of them. Uh-huh. It's so cute. It's adorable. I wish all shuttles had that now. This uh, You'd think he, this thing would have come with like an instruction manual, like his implant. <laughs> you would think, right? But then we'd have far fewer jokes. Because this thing has given him nothing but grief. 
Now, why didn't the exocomp just like beam like something with fingers or claws in order to pick it up? That's a really good question. Exocomp still has things to learn. Because like if she can do surgery. <laughs> right. So she's got some very specialized skills, needs to refine some others. Hmm. I mean, th- this is cool, though. Like, just the the sheer idea of it. I know on the surface it looks silly, but it's it's really actually pretty awesome. It that really we see is. A, a species that became sentient and then they're accepted into Starfleet and into the into the Federation as sentient beings. Yeah. And it opens it wide up to what the heck? What the heck does it mean? Totally. I have to love how supportive Tendi is too. She's just I'm I'm just so excited for her. She, She's not jealous. Mm-hmm. She's not there to kind of throw her under the bus. No, she is just, she is that friend who's just going to support you no matter what you do. So we still haven't learned why Boimler's hair is purple, but we were promised we would. So I guess that's going to be a season two thing. Oh, I didn't realize we were promised that. Yeah, McMahon oh. talked about it. Okay, okay. So yeah, I guess that is going to be a season two thing. That's cool. This was very reminiscent of Star Trek 09. Yep, I felt that too. When they flew in to the wreckage of the previous fleet and the Narada was there. Like, even that shot right there with the hull yeah. coming at him. Totally. Totally. So they totally upped the game of the Paclids here. Oh my goodness. Now, I did not have this on my Star Trek Lower Decks bingo card. A return of the Paclids never occurred to me. I mean, this is crazy badass and holy crap look at what they have done with them oh my god yeah this was i like that they showed freeman freeman um knowing (laughs) what to do like she was like boom she was thinking quick she's like no this is what we're gonna do because we now i know we've seen her kind of go up and down in her ability this was one of those moments where i was glad they gave it to her to shine and you know a lot of times shutting off the power would be kind of that solution right where if you try to overpower and it doesn't work, well, then you shut down the power. We've seen that happen. But in this instance, mm-hmm. it didn't work. Also, can we please mourn that nacelle, that beautiful, oh gosh, ample yeah. nacelle? That was that was one of my favorite things. One of my favorite moments in TNG was when, like, a wave was coming at him and, like, previous ships have been destroyed. And Picard didn't know what to do. Everybody's freaking out. And Data looks at Picard and says, lower the shields. And he's like, are you sure? And he goes, Captain. <laughs> lower the shields and right. he like waits for a second and then he does it remember yeah. who you're talking to yeah so this has like i saw like they have like borg technology klingon romulan yeah um, the whole hodgepodge yeah they've taken from everybody the packlets and that that wink to the audience like i thought they were kind of a joke <laughs> <laughs> we all did we all oh did. we got fringy i saw some fringy in there Oh, man. I mean, they've been beating up on everybody. These claws. This is intense. Like, this was one of those moments, like, this episode kept me guessing where every single time I literally thought, I don't know how they're going to get out of this one. (laughs) For real, though. I mean, they up the stakes and really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That that has to become a tradition now in every Trekkie household. Well, and what do vegetarians do? We're going to have to think of an alternative. I love Freeman's solution, which is she needs a half-baked and solution that's going to piss her off for Mariner. And Mariner <laughs> takes out the ponytail, is like, all right, let's get to work. Sleeves rolled up. She's got yeah, the this. The proverbial and literal uh, sleeves get rolled up here. Absolutely. 
so this is also something that I didn't think that we'd see is um is Badgie coming back. Oh, yes. Also, did you get massive flashbacks to Independence Day talking about putting a virus into the ship? Because I totally did. I should have, but I didn't. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's... There's a scene in here where they're uploading the virus to the Pac-Led ship, and all I could see was Jeff Goldblum saying, "Do it, do it," like he does in Independence Day. I love that movie. That's a good movie. It's not bad. I haven't watched it in a long time. I don't know if it holds up. I love that he's like, "I'm always monitoring comms." <laughs> <laughs> that's a little scary of a prospect, isn't it? I did kind of go back and forth. Like, obviously, if you're listening to our commentary, this is not the first time you've seen the episode. Um, but it was, uh, this is one of those times when I, at first I was like, oh man, are they going to get rid of Rutherford? Uh, yeah. But then I'm like, no, they're not going to get rid of Rutherford. Like, right? no. We, yeah. We, come on. I love how uh, Mariner's contraband from episode one, gets tied back in here. That is brilliant. The, the writing of this episode is truly brilliant. We're bookending here, and you know how much I love bookends. And also, we saw the, we saw the Spock helmet with, yes! the, with, the, with, the, with the siren on it and like the light. So that's now in the universe, folks. That's Yep, that's for real. All the contraband. So he's got the he's got the fencing sword like from TOS. Uh huh. Mariner's um, got the batleth that she used to stab Mar or to Boimler. The dirty batleth. The dirty batleth. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> Spent through some things. And I'm pretty sure that Freeman had a a mallet or some sort of mace that we saw in one of Worf's training programs. I think that's what oh, that's from. Cool. I could be wrong. At this point, I was genuinely wondering if Freeman was going to die and we were going yeah. to see, like, maybe next season or at the very end of this episode, the fallout of how that would affect Mariner. I was I was legit wondering that, too. Like, as soon as she looked at her palm, I was like, oh, crap, are they going to do it? Yeah. But then I started thinking about the logistics of it. It's just like, no, we need to explore the, the mother-daughter dynamic way more than we have. Right. They would be selling it short if they did it now. Yeah. And then it turns out, and this is the beauty of showing a sentient life form that even newly sentient life forms can be jerks. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> yes. Also going kind of into the antithesis of what the Oxycomps did the first time we saw them, right? Where mm -hmm. they showed self-sacrifice, showing off their sentience. And this one is piecing out like, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not doing it. That's the beauty of it. It's yep. so smart. It is. It is so good. Peanut Emperor is a stupid name. <laughs> so why did he have to put it into his brain? Like, why couldn't he have just, like, carried the chip over to the ship? Like, why did he have to transport it in his head? I'm not if sure. If they were just going to put it in the computer. I don't know. You There's know? some sort of data allegory there where, like, the emotion chip fused into him in generations and they couldn't take it out at that point. Something like that. Hmm. I do appreciate Rutherford and Shax as a pairing. Like these two, have, after episode two, kind of had this kinship between them, even though Rutherford didn't become a security officer. Mm -hmm. And I cannot help but love how Shax phasers his way out of the ship just because he's got to do it with such gusto, you know? He can't do anything standard. Yeah, the, the moment that he said, this is the best day of my life, um, was when I knew that he was going to go. 
I did not see it coming. And you know what? It hit me hard. Which is interesting because think about what we know about Shax. Not much. He's Bajoran. He's pissed off all the time and he likes to detonate the warp core and shoot everything. That's it. Yeah. That's it. But I just, it got me. Like, wow, I'm really going to miss him. It's true. Yeah, this was this was a character I wish we could have seen a little bit more of, but he's not the most dimensional character. Which is why I think he became the sacrificial victim. Also, maybe just maybe there's a little bit of a callback to him being a Tasha Yar, being a security officer taken way too oh, soon. I didn't what think about that. What if he comes back as some other iteration of him in season three? I'm just going to put that out here now. That's that would be hilarious if true. <laughs> I, I'm actually I'm watching Skin of Evil right now. It's funny that you bring that up. Oh my gosh! There's even a Skin of Evil reference in this episode. I missed it. Oh, what was it? Mariner says something about uh, feed you to an armus. I totally missed that. See, that's what I'm talking about. You, you can't. You, we miss them all. Like we miss so many. <laughs> There's too damn many. Also, we missed the the double like. Ransom straight up calls out the double-fisted punch. <laughs> he actually did, yes. Like, we have you now, Enterprise. And now this is intense, right? I mean, they are surrounded. There's claws in every direction. What the heck are they gonna do? This is one of those times... Yeah, I was in the same thing where I was just like, oh, man, I, I honestly don't know how they're gonna come out of it. But when we when they said another ship's coming out, it's just like, of course it's the Titan. Yes. Of course it's the Titan. Now, what was your reaction to this? Were you happy? Did you think it was too much? Because Riker has come to the rescue in Picard at this point. And so here we go again. In a different iteration, though. I gotta give credit where credit is due because Mike Schindler called this last week... Uh, actually, just a couple days ago because... Um, McMahon said, hey, this is, we're dropping this early. There's going to be huge spoilers. Watch it as soon as you can. Uh-huh. Schindler immediately said, Riker's going to come in and rescue on the Titan. And then Lee Hutchison said, oh, come on. They did that in Picard. They're not going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold, they did. So a part of me was just like, oh, really? But then they play the TNG music and I'm just, oh, okay. All right. All right. I'm with it. I'm, I'm totally cool. <laughs> I'm I am all in. I am abs- I was grinning ear to ear like an idiot. I had a feeling you were. This was this was perfect for me because I don't care if they do this every season. I don't care. <laughs> Let them be in like Well, that's good, right? Because New Trek is doing this where we had Pike show up at the end of Disco and then now we have Riker come to the mm-hmm. rescue in Picard and here in Lower Decks. We've got a pattern. So I know some people are going to maybe be a little critique about that oh no i'm talking riker on the titan rescuing them at the end of every season i'm talking about oh. that specific <laughs> oh i'm just I kidding see. i am just I kidding i'm just kidding um so this was an interesting take like this was an interesting direction to have him lose his memory what did you think about that i find it kind of sad because we just got to barely know sort of like shex we barely know about rutherford and we're gonna start over with him Kind of like a B4 situation where it's a character we're familiar with, and yet now we kind of have a blank slate here. I don't know how I feel about it entirely. Do you? Uh, it's. I have a feeling that it's going to be taken care of at the beginning of season two. I, I think it's going to be treated a lot like the when the EMH lost his memory. Like there was mm, one okay. episode where the doctor said, oh, I'm still regaining my memory. And then it was like it never happened the episode after that. So I think that's probably how it's going to go down. I don't know, man. This was a touching moment. It really was. 
The earring. It This worked for me. Yeah. She'll always have something to remember Shax, and so will we. Makes me sad. I and I'm sad for Dr. Ta'ana. Yeah, this uh, yeah, she never got to uh she never got to get busy with him. Nope. Nope. Yet another trek trope, right? The moment you start falling for somebody, bam, they got to die. Oh, like yeah, in Skin of Evil, they totally flirted something with with Worf and Yar. Yo. You know, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, that would be interesting to see. It might be a little high-powered, a little aggressive, but uh oh, yeah. I think it would have been interesting to see." The whole ship would know. That's how loud it would be. Yeah, yeah Tom and Bellana would have nothing on them. <laughs> I was unsure what was going to happen here. I thought she was going to like promote her again to lieutenant mm. junior grade. No, this take is so much better. She knows Mariner doesn't oh, want to be promoted. It's really cool to see that there is a little bit of resolution here where they're kind of coming to terms to try and play to each other's strengths. Freeman can't be as fast and loose with the rules as Mariner can. But... Maybe, just maybe, there's going to be some fun adventures where they actually use Mariner's out-of-the-box ideas to the ship's advantage. Like, I feel like they're going to have a heyday with it for a little while. And then you know what? Like, I think it's going to wear off. The fun of it is going to lose its its luster for Mariner. And maybe she'll grow up a little. Yeah, I think it's they. I think they definitely needed to retire that storyline this season, and they chose the right moment. Also, this Riker's a bit too amped up for my tastes. He's the lower decks version of Riker. Now, I do That's love I have Troy, to though. She just yes. nails Ransom in five seconds or less. I mean, she's got this guy down. She knows who he is. An ocean of insecurity. Yeah, like... <laughs> Marina Sirtis coming back as Deanna, like, boom, that, that's the character. She found the character immediately. But Riker, this definitely felt like what, like what you said, a Lower Decks version of Riker. Yeah. So uh, I'm not digging it too terrible. I'm glad he's there, and I'm glad he did what he did, but they could tone it down a little bit for my taste. Oh, I, I don't know. I, you know, honestly, if we do see more of the Titan, and I have a feeling we will just because of where Boyms to. is yeah. going, right? Some cameos from Frakes and Sirtis. I am all here for that. That's great. It's probably the closest we're going to get to the show The Rikers, which they've been talking about incessantly ever since Star Trek Insurrection. This could be a uh, backdoor pilot. We don't know. <gasps> oh, giving them ideas like that. Man. I got to love the angry messages just listed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. So you also see the Boimler effect? Boimler in the, effect. In the back I sure did. Wait, oh, do you see the a... plate of Ransom? What did the hell was that? that? Yeah, I just now. I just lost it now. What, what is that? Why I is that there? I don't know. Does he aspire to be Ransom? What? I don't know. <laughs> is he aspiring know. to be Ransom? Is he in love with Ransom? Why, why is it a plate and not a photo? What is going on, folks? There are so many unanswered questions. We have got to know this in season two. This very much looks like the Enterprise E. Oh, absolutely. I think it's intended like to. Like hardcore. Uh, yeah. I, it would have to be a decision, yeah. Now, do you prefer Boimler in this uniform, the first contact era uniform and the movie uniform, or Everybody, Everybody looks better in a first contact uniform. I freaking <laughs> love the first contact uniform. They are really good, aren't they? I, I love lower decks, but yeah, I don't know. There's just something very nice about them. Now- Jonathan, well, not Jonathan Frakes, but Riker. Riker nails his version of Warp Me. Does he not? The smooth jazz? Yeah, five, God. six, seven, eight. 
Oh my God. I laughed so hard at that. Yeah. And and then of course we have the nice little tag at the very end. We find out the fate of our beloved a-hole exocomp. Help. Yeah. And now we're done with lower decks. That's we're it. going straight into Discovery. They're showing us a preview here, which I'm I'm very excited for more new trek. I can't wait to meet Grudge Cat. There's a lot to look forward to, but let's wrap up with some final thoughts here because this is a lower decks podcast. I I I, I really enjoyed season one and this, I think, has been my favorite season one of any Star Trek show. I think this is the most consistent. It's the most entertaining. And now, granted, they only had 10 episodes. So this has been the shortest season one we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But I think that if this if this continued quality was going to happen, it would, be, it would still be by far the best. And I, I thought it would be fun if we shared our rankings of, the, of our first seasons of Trek. Yes. Yeah, okay, I totally agree. This is a very solid season. Ranking these episodes is, it was difficult. I mean, I'm putting some episodes toward the bottom here that I think are pretty freaking good. That's saying a lot. You ranked the episodes? I did, didn't you? No, I didn't. I asked you to rank this, the first seasons of Star oh, Trek. Oh, whoops, I screwed no that No wonder up. it took you so long this morning. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why it took me so long. Well, okay, do you want me to rank... The episodes of Lower Decks, and then you can rank the seasons? <laughs> sure, go for it. <laughs> okay, I put at the top, Crisis Point. I thoroughly enjoyed it. What a fun romp. It was so well done. Two, Temporal Edict. Hashtag buffer time. Three, no small parts. We just watched it. Maybe a recency bias here, but boy, they went there, man. They totally went mm-hmm. there. They showed that this show is not going to be static. Even though these are not our best of the best Starfleet officers they're not going to be in the same place forever they are going to grow they are going to change i'm very excited for where they're going to go in season two i think they open the door to some amazing possibilities after that episode number four veritas five cupid's air and arrow six envoys seven terminal provocations eight much ado about boimler number nine (laughs) second contact and ten moist vessel now this this ranking is subject to change without notice. This is what it is for right now, today, in this very hour. It, it, it's probably going to go back and forth all the time the more I watch these episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I didn't do that, so I will rank my first seasons okay. of Star Trek. do it. So I'm going to go from least favorite to favorite. So number nine, the animated series. Eight is TNG, because we all know season one of TNG is. Oof. Uh, seven is Disco. Six is the original series. Five is Picard. And then now we're starting to get into stuff that I'm like, no, 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 this is good. This is good. I like this. I like this. And that's number four is DS9. Three, Enterprise. Two, Voyager. And number one is Lower Decks. Woo. Okay. I am a big fan of Lower Decks now. I I think this is a great show. I think it's an entertaining show. It's apples and oranges when you compare it to something like Enterprise or Voyager or Deep Space Nine. It, it's it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be over the top. It's supposed to be crazy. And yeah. it is. And it's entertaining once you accept what it is. Yeah. I think you're either going to really enjoy this show for what it is and what it wants to do. and Or you're not. And that's okay. That's why we have so many different flavors of Trek. It's, it, I can't stress that enough. It's so exciting. But I'm so glad we did this show, by the way. Just because it hits such a distinct note for the both of us. And I know we have a bunch of other folks who listen to us and are just in the Star Trek fandom where this hits something. It clicked with us. 
And this show is right up there right now in my heart with Voyager. And you all know how much I love Voyager. That's how much I love Lower Decks. I want to declare my love to Mike McMahon for creating the show. <laughs> Buddy, wow, you did an amazing thing here. I can't thank you for how happy the show has made me. Yeah, and it's just, it's it's been a gift. And thank you so much. And I hope to do this again with you next year for season two of Lower Decks. Totally. We will come back. We will do more commentaries with new episodes when they get released. And in the meantime, you never know what might happen. We might come up with another project. We don't know, but stay subscribed. Keep your eyes on the nerdparty.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, search the Nerd Party on Facebook and Instagram and search for Join Nerd Party on Twitter. And uh, we thank you guys so much, everybody who's uh, contacted us on Twitter and at whatever means telling us that they like the show or or uh, answering our questions. We really appreciate it. Again, thank you so much. And until next time, let's see what's out there. Five, six, seven, eight. Join the revolution. Join the Nerd Party.